You're listening to The Daily Detail, a roundup of the most important news from the state of Alabama and across the United States. I'm Andrea Tice. Alabama's Attorney General Steve Marshall has been very busy with either leading or joining various lawsuits that are happening on a federal level. Marshall has now filed an amicus brief with the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. Marshall is leading 19 other states to support an Arkansas law that protects children from transgender treatments. Marshall writes in that brief that Alabamians and citizens in other states are alarmed by the growing number of children who suffer from gender dysphoria. He says that the vulnerable children need help that does not do long-term damage. The AG says that the current popular approach to treating children with gender dysphoria is not supported by the well-researched medical literature and evidence-based studies on the matter. Earlier this year, Arkansas passed the Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act. It prohibits puberty blockers, surgical procedures for minors, and cross-sex hormones. Alabama State Senator Shea Shelnut of Trussville has now prefiled a bill with the upcoming 2022 regular session in Alabama. Shelnut's bill was passed last year in the Alabama Senate, but not the Alabama House. It also deals with transgender treatment for minors. The mayor of Mobile is calling on the court systems in that area to get back to pre-COVID scheduling and court activity. Mayor Sandy Stimson spoke about the surge in violence in that city. He says there are currently 125 murder suspects released to the streets of Mobile due to the COVID-19 virus. Okay, during COVID, a couple of things happened. Is that as, uh, those who were in jail and prison, many of them were let out because they didn't know exactly how to treat them. So today, released into the city of Mobile, 125 individuals who've been charged with murder. Stimson was speaking to a forum from Mobile City Council District 6. WALA News covered that event and then talked to the mayor afterwards. And what the courts have to do is they have to set a schedule so that they can catch up. And so we have got to uh, reduce that backlog and there's going to have to be some creativity, you know, uh, within the judicial system to do that. A man accused of attempting to kill an Alabama state trooper is now in police custody. 57-year-old Randy Lee Wade was found in Sumter County and was arrested without incident. Wade was originally stopped by the state trooper for a traffic violation. That's when the trooper found out that there were six arrest warrants issued for Wade and started to arrest him. That's when Wade injured the trooper and fled the area. The U.S. Marshals Fugitive Task Force found Wade and arrested him this past weekend. A report from the U.S. Forest Service reveals that 400 acres has now burned in Talladega County at Cheehaw State Park. That park had to be closed on Sunday due to the smoke that was coming in from the wildfires. It also caused a park-wide power outage. There were two different sites where the wildfires broke out. All trailheads within the park have been closed as crews continue to respond to those fires. Speaking of fires, you don't want one to ruin your Thanksgiving plans. The state fire marshal, Scott Pilgreen, is issuing some safety reminders when it comes to cooking your turkey on the grill or with a deep fryer. Pilgreen says to make sure that the grill and the deep fryer are outside of the house and not near anything flammable. He also said when it comes to fryers, use the right kind of oil since there are so many different kinds and they all have different flash points. He says also make sure that the big bird is properly thawed before lowering it into the hot oil. The U.S. Fire Administration says that there are 187,000 cooking fires within homes every year and that efforts to have a moist, delicious bird for Thanksgiving always increases that risk. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, 
Go to 1819news.com in national news. Police in Wisconsin say they have found the vehicle and have a person of interest when it comes to who plowed into a crowd of people in Waukesha, Wisconsin. The large crowd of people were in the town to attend a traditional Christmas parade. At least 20 people were injured. Waukesha Police Chief Dan Thompson has not released a total list of the fatalities since it involved children. The vehicle struck more than 20 individuals. Some of the individuals were children and there were some fatalities as a result of this incident. We will not be releasing information on fatalities at this time while we are working on notifying the family members of the deceased. An officer did discharge his weapon at the suspect vehicle to try to stop the vehicle. No bystanders were injured as a result of the weapon discharge. The officer involved has, a six, has been with the department for six and a half years. Victims were transferred by Waukesha Fire Department to the hospital. Chief Howard will speak on that. Police officers also transferred victims to the hospital and family members also transferred uh, victims from the scene to the hospital. We're no longer looking for a suspect vehicle. We do have a person of interest in custody at the moment, but this is still a very fluid investigation. The incident happened on Sunday, just an hour away from the town of Kenosha, where the Kyle Rittenhouse trial ended before the weekend with his acquittal on all five charges. When it comes to the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, several protests were held in cities across the nation. In Chicago, Jesse Jackson led a group. Jackson spoke to the crowds, suggesting that demonstrators were in danger of being killed by right-wingers now that Rittenhouse was set free. Jackson led the group down the streets holding a sign that said no fascism in the U.S. However, later on in that protest, the crowd decided to promote communism as the answer to it all. The high-profile case involving Kyle Rittenhouse is now over, but before you breathe a sigh of relief, there's another one starting up at a Manhattan federal courtroom. Jury selection occurred last week when it comes to the case against Ghislaine Maxwell. She's the woman accused of aiding and abetting Jeffrey Epstein in his human trafficking ring and sexual abuse of underage girls. Epstein and Maxwell worked together for years and were active in political circles along with hobnobbing with Hollywood celebrities and even certain members of the English royalty. The trial against Maxwell gets underway this week. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis speaks out about the recent special legislative session that was held in his state. That session was designed to take on the Biden administration's federal vaccine mandate. There has never been a federal vaccine mandate imposed on the general public. I hear people talk about, you know, they used they do things in the military. Yeah, when I was in the military, they used to give me all kind of stuff. Honestly, I wish I would have thought a little bit, but I mean, whatever it was. But that's much different than regulating the military and then imposing it on civilians in society. It's never been done before. It's not, they don't have the power to do it. There's no federal police power. States have the, the federal the, 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 the police power. So that's from a constitutional perspective. It is worlds, worlds apart. Now, some people say, hey, these local governments, wanted to lock down businesses. They wanted to force mandates. They wanted to keep the kids locked out of school. Yeah, you're damn right I overruled them on that. And the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, you, you don't have 
right to, you don't have the right to do wrong. Do we actually have a constitution that constrains people like Biden, or is it just when he loses patience, he can do whatever the hell he wants to? Now, I'll take the constitution. Thank you very much. DeSantis chose to do the press conference in the town of Brandon, Florida, at Brandon Honda. There's a disturbing story that's emerging, putting a lot of the U.S. Navy ships and submarines into question. A metallurgist working within Bradkin Incorporated and Tacoma Steel has admitted to falsifying records when it comes to the strength testing of the steel that's put into hulls of ships and submarines. Elaine Thomas of Washington State is facing federal charges for her actions. 67-year-old Thomas would change the first digit on the steel test, which effectively hid the fact that the steel failed its required strength test. She did the falsifying for 240 products, including the metal castings that were given to the U.S. Navy. Thomas falsified these records for the past 30 years. Bradkin Incorporated provides casting to contractors who then fabricate submarine hulls. Thomas pleaded guilty and will be sentenced in February of 2022. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. Be sure to listen to Right Side Radio and host Phil Williams as he talks about if Santa were a statesman. The legislature has been very proud of the fact that they've amassed a sizable amount of tax dollars in the past year. Record surpluses, record revenues. They've even cooked up a few more with medical marijuana taxes and things like that. At what point do they have enough? Perhaps, just perhaps, it's time to give some of it back. So the first thing on the Christmas list is a noticeable tax cut that benefits all Alabamians. Secondly, here's the other thing on the Christmas shopping list for our legislature. Wouldn't it be amazing to see meaningful school choice legislation. I mean, really and truly, legislation that did something like allow for parents to move their child from any public school to another public school simply because they felt like it was best for their child. I mean, after all, philosophically speaking, I believe those tax dollars that we pay for education that have resulted in the largest budgets ever, by the way, those are for the education of the child, not for the feeding of the system. And since we're 50th in the nation, shouldn't we try to work the issues from the perspective of doing something new, something tangible? Well, the short answer to that is yes. So school choice, that's high on my legislative Christmas list. You can find that podcast at rightsideradio.org.